Steam locomotives were some of the most powerful machines ever built. They pulled trains that fueled our imagination. They represented vision, collaboration, ingenuity, customer service, and extraordinary human achievement. But in order to get to their destination, it took someone guiding them through a series of switches in order to get to the main line. Just like leaders today, it takes someone directing them down the right path in order to get to their destination. Welcome to Mainline Executive Coaching ACT, which stands for and Cultural Transformation, hosted by Master Certified Intelligent Leadership Executive Coaches, Michael Bailey and Rich Barron. With over 50 years of successful cultural transformation and quantum leadership development between them. Once again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's show. Welcome, folks. Thank you. We welcome you and we thank you for joining us today at Mainline Executive Coaching, ACT. It is about leadership and it is about cultures, these two working together here. We help people that are in leadership positions get that congruency between who they are, their positions, their their responsibilities, their expectations, and their performance, do it in such a way that there's authenticity, transparency, courage, courage that's emerging, and they're able to connect with their people and create an incredible culture. That's what we do there, ACT Act and, and Cultural Transformation. Today, we're going to be talking about an incredible dynamic of culture dealing with a particular kind of leader. We call them the driver, the driver leader. So let's get rolling my name is Michael Bailey. I'm here with Rich Barron, and I'm also here with our guest today, John Burt. We're pleased to have him here. This is going to be a great conversation. It's going to be a lively conversation, so let's let's buckle up. Let's take a look at this, John. We've got these drivers that are very highly motivated, sometimes uh, somewhat egotistical that can kind of get in the way. Let's first talk about how do other people see drivers, driver-type leaders? Well, first of all, thank you, Rich, and thank you, Michael, for having me back once again uh, for your podcast. I love this topic about uh, driving for change or dri- you know, the driver, uh, driving for results for leaders, because I do believe that driving for results is a is a very key capability or competency for leaders. Every leader that I know has this uh, as a as a as a complement to their overall leadership style, and in, in some cases, it's the primary um, competency that they have. Um, it's about driving for results. It's about driving to get to the to the objective that the company has set uh, for the teams. And I do think it's very important. Where we see the problem is that when your driver instincts, a driver as a leader, tend to uh, derail, is when they're they're driving beyond a point where their team is is ready or willing to follow. And that's where we see um, when when you asked me the question. How do teams see a driver? Well, in some cases, I think they can see it very positively. They, If they're connected to the goal and they're connected to the mission of the organization, they can really see the, the connectivity between the leader's behavior and the goals and objectives for their group and for the, for the organization. Where it becomes negative or, or a bit toxic is when those same teams think that that leader is doing it beyond uh, reason where they're not taking into account the, the individuals on the team, 
where they're at, um, you know, from a capabilities perspective or uh, from a from an, a, an emotional connection perspective. But it's when that that leader appears to be doing something maybe for themselves that it's driven by their ego. Uh, and, and in some cases, it's just a passion to get to the goal. But it's when they when they lose sight of the team and, and the, to, the together aspect of the team uh, is typically when I see uh, leaders derail. Okay, that's that's great. I think that's excellent insight. Uh, Rich, what is your take on that? What what's what's that all about? How do other people see drivers? Or let's start with this: How do drivers see themselves? Then we'll move to how do other people see drivers? Well, being a driver myself, you know that is, uh, and I'm, you know, every every test I've ever taken, you know, always comes back that I'm a driver, and. Those are some of the things that I had to recognize in myself early on, my wanting to get it done at all costs. Uh, you know, when I was younger, it was all about, you know, we got these results, we got these deadlines, we got these things we got to do. Let's just get it done. And, you know, you realize that you just can't do that on your own because when you try to do those things on your own, everything backfires. And, it really works better when you have, you know, buy-in from everybody around you. Here, here's the thing. There's a difference in age groups. If you really look at, you know, maybe 40-plus, people 40-plus, the soft skills are not nearly as important, the people skills, as the drive for results skills. If you look at some of these leaders, it was more of, you know, I, I really don't need these people skills, but I need these manager skills. I need these skills to really look at the data and, and push and get it done. Where nowadays, now, I, I shouldn't say nowadays, but this, this newer generation coming up, we have to look at leadership differently. We have to look more at inclusion and being able to uh, get employee buy-in and build these cultures where everybody feels welcome and part of the group. Those soft skills now are every bit as important as the ability to drive for results. And, you know, I realized that years ago that in order to get that done, I needed to start developing, you know, the, the people around me. You know, I needed to start accepting feedback. I needed to start, you know, and this is, you know, and when, when you do that, you find out you're going to be successful. Everybody around you is going to succeed. Let me um, let me jump in, Rich, if you will. Um, I think that you know, I'll t I'll take off of what Rich Rich just said with regard to uh, soft skills. I, I think that there is a complement of skills and capabilities that each leader has. Driving for results is one of them, but it's not the only one. And what leaders need to, to um, have is they need to have that complement of skills um, for their for their teams to be able to set a, a vision set the strategy or at least articulate the strategy for the team and to have those skills necessary to inspire the people on the team to be able to work at their best. So I think those are a couple of skills. Right. They also need to have the skills of being present and being an uh, active listening within their teams to recognize when the team may be not performing at its best. There may be an issue within the team, the team dynamics, or there might be an issue that the team is dealing with, but to be present so that they can help very real time, helping the team solve that problem so that they can move forward. Absolutely. Uh, third area is, of course, the feedback. If, if a leader 
has the vulnerability that they necessarily need to have or they should be having to be able to listen to the feedback from the team. They'll know when the team is not performing or they'll know when their style and their approach toward the team is not getting the type of results or not resonating with the team as it should in order to inspire them to work at their best. Right? Leaders should be pushing the envelope, if you will. They should be setting stretch goals for the team, but they need to be careful that the, the goals and, 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 and the expectations they, they set for the team are not so far beyond what the team can do at that particular moment so the team doesn't become deflated and, and uh, discouraged in their task and potentially start to, um, um, to, to derail. So one of the things about these, these driver leaders is, is this, is I think underlining, underlying all that, they do not like to be dependent upon other people. They are very strongly self-reliant. And so that's kind of what their, their whole thing is. I got to be in control. I got to be the one in charge. If, if I have to depend on other people, I, I then kind of put myself in a position of being in jeopardy. So to recognize that the team there is really part of what that driver wants to work with. Because it's really easy because I, I'm not dependent on you. Therefore, you know, that, that's the perception of that driver. Therefore, I don't need you. So I can get rid of you and it doesn't bother, bother me at all. But there's got to be a change up in realizing for that, that driver to realize you really do need your team people there. You need people working with you and so on and so forth to make this thing happen. You just can't put, keep pushing people out the door. You just can't do it. So to be honest here, drivers have to at some level learn how to exercise some self-restraint. Because their, their, their reaction is to take control, take charge, you know, necessary, do whatever it is, push people around, put them down, whatever it is, just to get what they want. That's kind of what they are, you know, particularly if they might say if they're immature. So learning how to have some self-restraint, that's part of that self-awareness. And the other thing is you don't have to win all the time. You know, in fact, if you're wise about things, sometimes you're just going to be willing to Give it up to somebody else, you know, that their idea is good enough or it'll work. So let me give you the, the acknowledgement. Let me give you a little bit of the power. Let me give you the opportunity to, to go out there and use your talents, your experience to get this thing to happen. And so part of that whole thing for, for, the, for that driver to realize is this, and this is a hard thing for, for drivers to get, and that is this, power is not everything. It just isn't. The power to get things done is not everything. Though I'm telling you from inside every cell of their body, inside their gut, everything will be screaming, yes, it is. Mm -hmm. That's based upon fear rather than based upon having developed the kinds of things you're talking about, Rich and John, about developing relationships of real <laughs> trust, of real loyalty. That's where they're going to move. That's what's got to happen here. Well, this is the, this is the irony, right, Michael? And I think we, we've, as, as leaders, I think we've all experienced this, that, you know, that, that individual leader can sometimes create, uh, in, in the moment, they might be, they, they may have the advantage to take something on themselves to, to get it done, right? But the, uh, it may be quicker than if they were to delegate or they were to have a team member to do it. That, that may, that may be true. But longer term, we all know that these large projects, any large program, any large initiative takes a number of different people and different skill sets. Right? That leader becomes so isolated because they keep taking back something that they've uh, agreed to and they have, they've assigned to one of their team members and they try to do it themselves. Pretty soon nobody steps forward. 
Nobody wants to help that leader. And then that leader becomes isolated. So then they're only working on very small things that they can do themselves. And they pretty soon they're going to be out of their leadership role. Companies want leaders who can leverage their team. The whole, the idea that together we perform and we achieve more. So I believe that top executive leaders really look for those leaders that are able to, as you say, show self-restraint, who are able to delegate, who are able to you know, create trust in their teams and to be present with those teams to understand when they can push them, when they have to dial it back, when they can push them, when they can dial it back. It's like a Formula One racer, as it once described to me, right? You have some, you know, the driver knows when to put on the gas, when to rev the engine, when to change the tires, when to, where to hit the, the turns. That leader needs to be very in tune with their team and, and, and trust their team that the guys back in the pit put the right tires on. Or, you know, that the advice that they're getting in their ear set is one that, you know, that we, you need to slow it down here because there, there's some moisture out on the track. Whatever those, those things are, that leader needs to be willing to trust, you know, recognize the team to get the, together as a team. You'll always perform uh, on the, on the whole, you'll perform better and with more results, better results as a team. Good. That's excellent. Rich, what are your ideas on that? You know, you've mentioned a few things, John, feedback and, and, and trust and knowing that your your team has has your back. You know, we've all talked about the emperor has no clothes syndrome, the, the imposter syndrome. You know, some of these uh, leaders that really want to drive for results, they don't want the feedback. They don't want to know they're making a mistake. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to know, you know, this if in fact they are an imposter, they don't, they don't want to know. So, you know, they don't want to hear from somebody else. It's all about, I've got the answers and we're going to get this done. But the problem is, is when you start doing that and you don't accept that feedback, you don't accept the help from uh, others uh, around you. You don't uh, capitalize on and tap into all that energy and talents of the people around you. And, and instead just push, keep pushing forward, people get frustrated, they get discouraged. And what happens is problems start falling through the cracks. Deadlines get missed. Mistakes get made. Uh, That's where the turnover starts happening because, you know, he's not listening to us or he or she's not listening to us. And so if they see you headed down the wrong track, what are they going to do? They're going to stand back and watch you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, we we try to tell them, you know, this is what they needed to do. And, well, you know, they didn't listen. You know, I can think of a couple really catastrophic incidences um, where that happened. You know, things that we've all heard about. The space shuttle uh, blew up after, after right after takeoff. People were, the engineers were telling the leaders, you can't do this. There's problems at the O-ring. You can't do this. And, they no, they made a decision. Don't we don't want to hear it. We're going for it, and look what happened. So, but the thing is, is if you are willing to accept the feedback and understand that the people you've hired, you've hired them to do a job, you've empowered them to do a job, you've trained them, they're part of the culture. They're not going to stand by and let you go down the wrong the wrong track. Your colleagues are going to jump in and, and help guide you. If you're willing to accept that feedback you're all going to go down the right path together. But, you know, that's just the the incident with the space shuttle. That's just one catastrophic example that I can think of where the leaders 
driving so hard for results, refused to listen to the people who actually had the answers. And a lot of that goes back to trust. Yeah. Or no trust or distrust. Those are all the issues in play there. So I'm bring up a principle that Stephen Covey talked about, and that was about making emotional deposits in other people's bank accounts. Now, if you're that kind of egotistical driver and you're saying, well, I'm doing this, 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 and this, and this for these people, you know, they should owe me some loyalty. They should just do what it is what I'm doing because I'm doing all this stuff. Well, here's the reverse of that. I would say if you really know that your people, you're really connected to your people, you're not only going to make emotional, genuine, authentic, emotional deposits in their emotional bank accounts, you're going to let them make emotional deposits in your bank account. There's that sense of, you know, reciprocity happening there. And you're willing to do it because you're learning to trust them. You're willing to be open to them. There's that sense of vulnerability and courage and transparency. That's genuine stuff. And then when somebody does make give you a compliment or say something about, you know, just saying that you're a great leader, we like you, you don't take it for advantage. You don't blow it off. You just don't think, well, what an idiot. Why should I listen to them and just kind of nod and like you're, you're accepting it, that you genuinely take a moment. And here's the key. This is how people will know. You genuinely take a moment and you look them in the eye and you listen to them. And you just let it soak in. And then you very graciously say thank you. If you don't take that time, if you don't take that moment, it will just roll off your back like you don't care. And they'll feel it. They'll know that you just said, yeah, they, I said something and you just blew it off. That's the key here. That's the key for the drivers. Learn to stop blowing it off. Learn to accept it. Let it come in. And in that process, you will create those those uh, relationships of loyalty that you so strongly yearn for. It. Mm-hmm. That's what you, you, to your point, Michael, you 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 brought up the the concept of trust. I I, I have always believed that um, feedback is the greatest gift um, that you can have. Yeah. You know, a lot of the work that I do as a coach, right, is getting my my clients, my leader clients, to be willing to go out and seek that feedback, truly seek it out. Um, because typically people are a little bit wary about giving senior leaders feedback. They don't know how that, they don't know if they have trust in that leader that, that that's not going to be used against them. So the leader really needs to be really overt and, and, and be as genuine as possible that they're seeking the feedback to learn and to grow. People won't give you the feedback if they think that you're using that to be able, as a club, to beat them over the head or to use it against them at some point in the future, right? right. So seeking that back and really internalizing it as a leader is extremely important. And and the, the leaders that I work with that do this, it's like, you know, a whole new world opens up for them in, in, in listening to feedback, incorporating it into what they're doing. And the trust with their team is, is uh, you know, this, the other Stephen Covey, right? The, the, when the speed of trust talks about how you can very quickly make those deposits and uh, in those accounts. As, but as long as you continue to practice that, practice the skills around building trust with people um, and getting that feedback, um, that's when the high performance of teams really starts to occur. Yeah, exactly. I love that. I really love that. And it, and getting to that point where you don't have to defend this out here, but the courage, the courage to go to your own core and see who it is that you are and bring that game forward. That's what, yeah. that's what, that's really one of the things that executive coaches can help you really get to the heart of what you are, what you're about and bring forth that courage. 
let's just kind of wrap this up here. Rich, what's your takeaway in, in terms of what we've been talking about here? We'll give you a final word here, John, and then we're out of here. Develop those people skills. Develop those soft skills. Leaders who have both skills, the ability to drive for results, and have those people skills where you can really develop your people, they're powerful leaders. They become very powerful leaders, very well-liked, and very highly rated leaders. But it's a, it's a combination of all of this. It really is. It's a healthy combination of all these attributes we talk about, you know, and, and without too heavy on one and not enough on another is, is really where you need to have that need to have the courage to step back and have someone help guide you. That's what, that's what we do as coaches. Absolutely. All right, John Burt, how do they get a hold of the most excellent executive coach called John Burt? Let okay. him have it. how it's done. Yeah, look, it looks like somebody just put it up on the screen there. It's J-B-U-R-T at intelligentleadershipec.com. Uh, love to chat with you. I mean, this is what Rich and, and Michael have both said with regard to, you know, the driver um, skill within within leaders is extremely important, but it needs to be balanced with other skills to make it as effective as it can be. And I, I work with my clients to be able to make that so. So look forward to, to talking with you as well. All righty. Hey, John, thank you very much. Certainly appreciate uh, you being here today. Very good conversation. Reach out to one of us. We are here to help you. We're here to help you get to that next level as coaches. That's what we want to do. That's what our passion is. And quite frankly, you need a coach to get to that next level. Leave us a message, podandbox.com. Tell us what you think about uh, the show, what you want to hear on anything coming up. And uh, if we like what you say, we're going to play it live, but we're going to answer answer that right here on the next podcast. So once again, thank you very much for your time. Appreciate everything. And here's John's again right before we close. Have a great weekend. Be safe. And we'll see you next time. With all of the issues facing leaders and organizations today, you need executive coaching more than ever. Go to our websites, richbarronexecutivecoaching.com or michaelbailey.com. You can also find us both on LinkedIn. Reach out to us and let's sit down and find out just how bright your future can be with executive coaching. We'd also like to thank all of our supporters in over 60 countries and 600 cities worldwide who have helped to make us one of the top executive coaching podcasts in the world. From Rich Barron and Michael Bailey, This is Mainline Executive Coaching ACT. Thank you and take care.